Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 live. There we in go. Person. Boom. That yes. is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening in Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 7.30 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds <laughs> argue with each other. <laughs> Alright, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. <laughs> You're listening to Never Heard of It, a Night Shift Radio original. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating and review if you're so inclined. For more information, visit nightshiftradio.com. Do you notice... Often. This whole thing. Yeah, it's very so, lit. Yeah, so... I uh, I think I mentioned this to you uh, when I was <laughs> uh, when I was uh, when I was finalizing my my purchases for my home office uh, with my work stipend. Uh, I decided to uh, buy some smart-ish light bulbs. Uh, they're not like super crazy uh, smart control. I mean, you can do it with your voice, and you can do it with the app, whatnot. But they're not like a million colors and like all sorts of programmable. They're just it's a basic white color spectrum light. So it goes from very like bright, cool to a very like you know, almost like candlelight, like warm uh, glow. Okay. So. Uh, those those showed up and I, I installed them and I, I I love them just super super basic easy to control but what I have going right now is actually the uh, the daylight setting uh, which is this nice as you see like very natural uh, white light uh, but I also have it at like fifty percent uh, brightness so in the room it's very low light it's just like this kind of like morning glow coming in through the windows sort of thing uh, as far as level of light but on this new camera, it looks so bright and crisp and like yeah. the like weird taupey wall color doesn't look nearly so shitty. Like everything's not washed out and yellowy. And, no, uh, it, it actually like it. looks it looks like uh for it being daylight light, it looks like blue light. Like it yeah. looks like you have your lights turned to like a blue color and so like a you know, the light white blue. Yeah. Uh, instead of like, you know, the orange that most light bulbs are mm-hmm. nowadays. Or yeah, were and I guess. The blues in this like weird mountainy felt pattern behind me like really pop from that. Like you can kind of like actually see what my my room is supposed to look like. It's it's nice, and I also like I've got my my stool at a normal height, so I'm not gonna fall out of it. And <laughs> Always, good. Always good. Always have something for my feet, so I'm a little bit more like planted, grounded, like better posture. And I just I'm feeling good right now. You know, that's great. You're looking, Caleb. You're looking Thank great. You. Thank you. Because Thank you. Uh, in two days from the mm-hmm. day this episode airs, you turn 40. That's true. That is that is correct. And, you know, um, I feel like I did it like 
10 years ago. But here we are. I'm, I'm finally catching up to myself. Sure, and, sure. Uh, you know, it, it's not so bad from from this side. So, we'll, we'll, you know, next week we'll talk about what it's like on the other side. <laughs> it's other, and um, then in three weeks I'll join you. So Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. we're exactly three weeks apart. So that'll be fun. Take me to the other side. <laughs> I, I just... Know, who is that? Who is that? What song is that? I don't know that, that was That was Aerosmith. Loving you has got to be. Oh. Than the deep blues take me to the other side. <laughs> I forgot. You know, Aerosmith is one of those bands that, like, I was so, like, cognizant of in the 90s and, like, growing up. And then, like, maybe a little bit in the early 2000s. And then, like, one day, they just sort of, like, stopped existing because they were everywhere i mean you know that armageddon song yeah you could not you could not walk anywhere without hearing that song whether it was in a store on the radio someone was playing it singing it <laughs> parodying it yep and then like they just fucking stopped existing the wild thing is that they didn't but they like <laughs> I mean, they're they, so they always had i mean like let, let me get this out of the way first by saying that Aerosmith is one of the few uh, bands from that like late 20th century classic rock era, quote unquote, that I absolutely fucking love. Sure. There are some like here, like, you know, I respect that they were good and like here and there, I think there, there's some, some good songs, but uh, Aerosmith is the one that I can like truly say, I love this band. And they always had a little bit of like a, a bluesy influence in their, their stuff, even though they were kind of like, you know, big arena rock. Um, but after, after that era, after, the, you know, I don't want to miss a thing. Uh, they started just really leaning into that and they released some just fucking killer, just guitar led bluesy, uh, like really soulful stuff. And it was awesome. But yeah, they just kind of dropped off the, the like pop culture radar. Like obviously people still play the hits, but like you don't hear about them anymore. Yeah. And that was sad to me because uh you know it it was it was nowhere near as like radio friendly, catchy, but like there was a shit ton of talent in their later records. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, you know, I definitely like Aerosmith. You know, I do, you know, as you said, very much considered them uh, classic rock up until they got into, like, the pop rock era of, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. like, uh, I mean, pink. Whenever somebody asks me my favorite color, for those of you that are watching yeah, it's true. It's true. on stream, I always go, pink is my favorite color. <laughs> and, like, 10% of the time, someone's like, Aerosmith, I get it. And the other 10% of the time, they're like, why are you singing, you fucking weirdo? Um <laughs> And uh, they're like, also, why is your color, favorite color pink, you weirdo? Uh, so, you know, about 10% of the time works every time. Uh, but there's also a very weird transitionary period where, like, Aerosmith got really, really famous, and they're, like, on the rise. And then Liv Tyler started becoming famous, at which there was probably a nexus point in which Aerosmith <laughs> became less famous, and Liv Tyler started becoming more famous, until we get the peak of, you know, just like Lord of the Rings era. But then she, dad, you're she's embarrassing got to fade me. it off. <laughs> you got to stop being famous. It's my turn, right. dad. <laughs> right. Is it the baby I got to do the thing? I don't know. That was a bad Steven Tyler impression. And she's like, oh my God. But she's saying it all in elfish. So, like, you can't, you know, so it just sounds like absolute gibberish for two people talking. Uh, oh my God. Yeah. Her, her yelling in, in elfish and him just, <laughs> just yelling like, actual yeah. gibberish. <laughs> I, you know, I fucking loved Liv Tyler. 
And mm-hmm. I remember watching the movie Empire Records and like each time I watch Empire Records, I find myself being a different character, relating to a different character. Interesting. Cause like the very first time I watched Empire Records, you know, I was like, I was like, oh, I'm the, I'm fucking art kid. And like, I'm totally in love with Liv Tyler. Like, look at her. She's so cool. And then like, you know, I had my rebellious phase where I was kind of like, uh, I've forgotten every character's. I've probably seen this movie like 30 times and I have legit forgotten every character's name at this point. So the girl that shaves her head begins with a D. I forgot what it is, Donna or something. And then like, I was her for a little while. Cause I was kind of like, you know, fuck life and blah, I'm cool and, and dark and like, you know, whatever. And then, you know, I never really got to the, uh, um, to the, uh, what's her name, uh, character, uh, the bitchy slutty one. And then like, as I get older, I start watching it and I'm like, I'm I'm Joe. I'm the guy that's running the record store just being like, oh, fucking kids. I swear to God, (laughs) you're all ruining my life. Like I am now, I am now at the point of Joe of just being like, I, what the fuck do I do? Like, I just want to go in my back room, play my drums. You just run my fucking store. Stop, stop tearing shit up and having your teenage drama. I just want to play my drums. Fuck off. (laughs) I I didn't mean, Kudos to anyone who finds themselves early in life and like that's just who they are forever. But I think for for most of us, you're kind of supposed to see yourself in different characters as you age. Yeah. Um, and if you don't, you might need to reevaluate the way you're living your life. Uh, as we we kind of as we discussed when we were talking about uh, Scott Pilgrim and the the network wide crossover uh, a while back, um, you you realize as you get older that you don't root for Scott. Yeah. No. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, that was definitely one of those movies where, you know, I, I left that movie and I was like, I don't know, man, I kind of liked everybody except for the titular character. <laughs> like, I was like, I kind of want to see what Knives Chow is going to be doing, you know, yeah. or, or maybe uh, maybe I want to see what, uh, uh, what you know, uh, uh, Ramona's doing outside of that. You know, it really came down to all I wanted to do was see what uh, Scott Scott's sister and Aubrey Plaza were doing. I just wanted a movie of them. Um, and then we got it in, it's, it's in uh, uh, Mike and Dave's wedding. I say, it's a shame that we never learned, but we totally yeah. did. Um, Mike and Dave uh, need wedding dates. That's that's the uh, the movie that we get nice. uh, Aubrey Plaza excellent and movie. Anna Kendrick together. Yeah. E- excellent movie. Yeah. Um, I was trying to think of a way to segue and on other I've got one. Just, oh, you ready? Okay. Okay. So that movie, because it's like the person in person do a thing, also reminds me of Zach and Miri make a porno. Okay. Um, of which Justin Long is in. That's true. That's and true. he is fantastic in that movie. He does a really cool voice. He's kind of like character acting. Okay. But then there's this movie. So that being said, <laughs> hello and welcome to the Never of a Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Fight. And I swear. I promise that I am definitely not uh, running a, a literal underground meth lab under my barn. <laughs> no trespass. Uh, so we're here. This <laughs> this is it, man. This is so that we're is... we're taking down the clock on two very big milestones. So uh, my mortality. Yep, uh, morta- <laughs> Car- Caleb is uh, statistically speaking middle aged now. Hey, um, <laughs> I fucking I mean, made it, y'all. Technically, like a year or two ago, you were as well. But uh, statistically speaking, uh, you know, Caleb is now middle-aged. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we are one episode away from episode 200. This is 100 
and ninety nine, y'all. One hundred ninety nine. Do some things in episodes. Yeah. Uh, was it, it one ninety nine? Are you out of your mind? <laughs> <laughs> that is also a callback. Uh, right. So uh, yeah, so this is episode one hundred and ninety nine. Mm-hmm. And uh, Caleb, outside of uh, one night, so we this is a big month. So we have your birthday. Uh, 200th episode. Didn't we named this month something special? Did we not? Well, yeah. I mean, this whole month of October, we've been celebrating what we decided to call Nahoit Presents a very mostly Huluween. Uh, and which, uh, of course, as Michael mentioned, we we were counting down to, to two momentous occasions in uh, the Nahoit lifespan, uh, that being my 40th birthday, which is two days after this episode airs. Uh, so by next week, I will have met that uh, met that threshold, and future Caleb will tell you all about it. <laughs> and then, uh, of course, and, uh, as we just said, uh, we're counting down to our 200th episode. Uh, now, of course, you know that we've done Holloway, uh, Holloway holiday one-offs and you know bonus episodes and double features and whatnot uh, throughout the last four. That's right, four years. Uh, so we've we've actually released significantly more than 200. Uh, bits of audio for your uh, your your amusement. Uh, however, this is 200 uninterrupted consecutive Sundays in a row, and uh, we're pretty damn proud of that. And so I, I found uh, four movies on uh, on Hulu at the time, hence the name, uh, that we hope will still be on Hulu for you to watch uh, when these all air. Uh, we make no promises, uh, but uh, all that that fed felt a uh, red right in place with the the spooky season and just uh, kind of a return to form for us with the uh, the the caliber of movies that we're discussing as well uh but then we're we're oh my god i had a I had a YouTube tab open that I hadn't played yet. And so it was <laughs> just like, blah, 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 in the middle of the <laughs> I hate that so much. Oh, we, we're, we're uh, doing a true return to form, though, with uh, episode 200. We're going right back where it all started with 2BTV.com uh, for just an absolutely wild uh, adventure of a movie. So uh, we hope to see you there as well. Uh, we won't. That's not how radio works. But you might see us if you're watching on the Twitch stream. That's true. Yeah. Every Sunday, uh, we, we do uh, stream it live on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Michael fight, uh, which is listed down in the show notes. Um, and so you can watch us live and we will celebrate and, uh, talk Yay! about how amazing it is to have done. Yeah. You know, listen, man, I, yeah. I am, I am proud of a few things in my life. Look, I've got the, I've got the standard, like, I've got a cool kid. I'm proud of my kid, but like, yeah, yeah. boring. That's standard, right? <laughs> like, of course, I should be proud of having a kid. Like, fuck off. That's that's the simple stuff. <laughs> but one of the things I am very proud of is us doing this podcast and then sticking to that every single Sunday. We have never missed a Sunday ever. It's never been like a oh, we'll post it on Monday or whatever like that. It is every single episode has come out on Sunday for your listening pleasure. And, uh, you know, we, we, we've grown so much, like so much has changed, uh, you know, since, uh, you know, the format's roughly the same. We're still not editing shit. (laughs) Um, but, uh, (laughs) but I mean, you know, we, we've focused a lot more about like how we're doing the show and stuff and like, it's just Mm -hmm. grown and, you know, I don't think there's anything that I have done a weekly ritual with no gaps in between this long. No. And and not been like, 
I don't want to do this anymore. Like even yeah. uh, so, like I I played the card game Yu Gi Oh for a really long time. I played that game from like 2003 until like at least 2014. But there was many times where I just would be like, I don't feel like going today, or yeah, you know, I'm yeah. you know take a couple weeks off. I'm gonna do a thing. I never this whole time I'm always like, no, I can't wait to to get on and talk about this. It's great. Oh. Yeah. Me too. I should have saved this that for next week. That's, <laughs> that's where we're at. You know what? We're, we're <laughs> celebrating for the entire month. That's though. right. You, know, that's you right. don't have to you don't have to reserve the celebrations and the recognitions and the warm anecdotes for, for just a single episode, a single day. That's right. You know, it's the, we we that's why we get to do this every week. Uh but this week I decided to uh, to dive into a, a subject that I am personally a big fan of, and that is uh, the paranormal investigations, the, the world of ghost hunting and such. Um, I find myself routinely doing my, my time killing um, during the during the day by watching uh, spooky videos on YouTube, and of course I have. I have all of my anecdotes that I've saved of the, the various haunting experiences I've had in my life, and I love, 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 love hearing other people. So, uh, listeners, if you if you've got any good spooks, uh, share them with us. Um, but uh, I love ghost hunting shows. The cheesier, the better. And like, I fully acknowledge like most of them are sensationalism at best and like full on hoax bullshit at worst. But they're fun. I, uh, Michael, you know, and listeners probably know, I've probably said it at some point, uh, Ghost Adventures was one of my favorite shows on television for the longest time. Uh, and it was pure entertainment. Um, but that said, uh, I, I also enjoy a good, uh, good spooky movie on the subject. There's been a, a few that have done the, the kind of the found footage investigatory uh, style, but done it like real horror supposed to be scary. Yeah, okay, that's neat. Uh, but I found one that, that was fully self-aware and uh, very much leaned into the, the humor side of it, and that is Ghost Team from, uh, tw- from 2016. So a relatively recent pick, but you know, still uh, was, has been out there for a little bit. Uh, and I also, I learned something today, Michael. Yeah, what is that? I learned that uh, I don't hate John Heater. I just hated Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah, so, <laughs> and so, I mean, this is kind of getting ahead of ourselves, but this is the crazy thing. He's probably the one character in this movie that I hated the least. Oh, I actually liked him in this movie. I, yeah. I thought he was real. I mean, I, I've seen him in other things. I really liked him in this movie. He's actually in a Mark Ruffalo romantic comedy. Is it um, really? Yeah. So it's it's uh, Mark Ruffalo, and I have to look it up now, but I think it's Mark Ruffalo and um, I think it's Reese Witherspoon, but I could be wrong. Um, I'm going to have to look it up. So there's this movie. Ah, yeah. Just Like Heaven. It's uh, Mark Ruffalo okay. and Reese Witherspoon, and he actually plays like uh, a psychic type guy in the movie. And uh, so in the movie, Mark Ruffalo dies. Uh, and this, this is what makes it kind of funny. And he is a ghost in Reese Witherspoon's uh, apartment. Um, oh, no, it's the other way around. Mark Ruffalo moves into an apartment and Reese Witherspoon had died in the apartment and she's uh-huh. a ghost in it. And John Heater comes as the like medium to like, you know, bridge the gap and then they end up falling in love and... You know, cute movie. Cute. It's very cute romantic comedy. Um, this, uh, which came out uh, in 2005, so it was definitely after Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah, um, turns out he was in a, a fairly recent uh, Veggie Tales as Avocado. 
So that's the other thing. Him and his brother are like super religious. Like I think they're Mormons, actually. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, um, maybe he's yeah. Been a bunch of things. I'm looking back. He at, was in Tremors. Uh, I'm I'm looking back at uh, at, at John Heater's um, uh, resume post Napoleon mm-hmm. Dynamite, and I realized I I have uh, intentionally not watched anything that he's been in. Uh, you know, or anything like any movie that he's been in, like, you know, doesn't count like if he the happened to, he popped up in My Name is Earl and there's nothing I could do to prevent that. That was a great show. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, right. I realized because I hated that movie so much, I just was not willing to watch anything else that he was in if I knew ahead of time that he was in it. Until now. Until now. Now it kind of makes uh, you want to go back. I mean, you should watch Just Like Heaven. Well, I mean, no. listen, I <laughs> listen, like just like Let's Kevin not get ahead of ourselves here. <laughs> because I like rom-coms and, uh, you know, uh, I'm a sap. And uh, uh, what a good movie. What a good movie. Um, yeah, so so he was one of the, you know, and I'll be honest, I, I remember, I you know, I have seen other movies that he's been in, but he's always like the, the side character. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's always like, a character like he's never just you know like the kid like the character that plays in this movie is the straight man like he is the straight man of the group mm-hmm. um you know to a degree and uh i he you know that's the role you don't see him in often you know and i actually went to this movie being like oh uh justin long this is gonna be funny i like justin yeah. long you know like galaxy quest uh mm-hmm. accepted mm-hmm. you know uh zach and miri make a porno i mean he only has a small role in that one but he's hilarious in it you know and he's been in other things and i'm like cool it's justin long i fucking hate justin long in this i hate justin <laughs> long in this movie every time he spoke i'm like shut the fuck up it was like him and to. zach yeah yes yeah, that I was yeah. just like, I, I don't, I can't. Um, so, uh, but let's get into it. So Let's do it. So this movie came out in, uh, you know, as Caleb said, this movie came out in 2016. Uh, I'm going to bet it was probably filmed a little before that. It feels like, it feels a little more dated than 2016 to me. It does. But I don't know I if don't... that was intentional. Yeah, it's hard to tell how much of that was like, in, intentional uh, design versus how much was when it was filmed. Um, but like Zach's character, especially, he's wearing like full on Jenkos at one point. <laughs> yeah, he's got the full on <laughs> huge with the chains and everything. And yes, yeah, the the cargo style too, like pockets everywhere. Yeah, it definitely felt early two thousands, but we clearly see like a modern touchscreen phone, like a twenty sixteen yeah. touchscreen phone. So we know that that's not the case. I do think that that was probably aesthetic, mm-hmm. um, you know. And to even though John Heater really had no part in in this movie uh, outside of acting it, you know, he isn't, um, to my knowledge, he was not uh, a producer or anything like that. I'm double checking. Um. Yeah, like he didn't produce this movie or anything like this, but that was also kind of the aesthetic of Napoleon Dynamite is that like mm-hmm. you don't like it feels like it was in the 80s or 70s, but also like we know that there's a, like the Internet. So like, yeah, it, you know, like it's one of those it's it's an ambiguous thing, which is fine. I mean, when movies do it well, yeah, it, that's fine. I, you know, I'm totally for it. Yeah. Like I think if uh, they ever remake the Goonies, it has to be remade with that same sort of aesthetic. Mm, yeah. When they inevitably remake the Goonies, it has to be made with that you sort of aesthetic. Say when, where, not if. Right. Where it has to feel like it it has to feel modern, but like, you know, data can't be running around with, you know, fucking satellite hacks or anything like that. Cause it'd just be weird. Satellite. Booby tracks. 
He can't be looking at the source code of a website. Right. Like, he's not going to be like, hang on, guys, I'll hack into this ancient, you know, you know, that's not how that's going. <laughs> um, so uh, this movie was directed by Oliver Irving, um, who uh, the only thing, the only other thing Oliver Irving has done is a, uh, a film called How to Be, uh, which actually starred Robert Pattinson. Interesting. Um, which is pretty interesting. I, I somewhat familiar with this movie. It came out in 2008. I do, I do like remember hearing about it. I do not believe I ever watched it uh to my knowledge um but that doesn't mean anything i watch a lot of movies robert pattinson would that be uh the batman that would be uh vengeance himself the batman (laughs) that fucking trailer i was telling you i I was watching that just before you jumped on the call and uh uh first of all the music is very imperial march and that was throwing me but like visually it, it does look really great i mean very very noir uh very like gritty you know, like a you know, detective story. Yeah. And so that's that's usually the best kind of Batman stories, in my opinion, is when they, they t- really take it to that like gritty street level and it's not like super like comic book nutty. Like in yeah. the world of comic books, I love that anything can happen, like your imagination's the limit. Uh, but when they adapt it, you know, well, no, not even adaptation, just like Batman stories themselves, I think feel best when they're more grounded. So listen, I'm going to throw something out there. Do it. All right. I'm sorry if this offends uh, anybody. Oh, um, how dare you? How dare you? So a good Batman story would be a normal Dick Tracy story, except Dick Tracy's wearing the bat suit. Batman is just Dick Tracy with a bat suit. You're not entirely wrong. Especially given Dick Tracy's penchant for uh, gadgets. Yeah, and ridiculous villains. And, you know, he's talking on his wristwatch to his insert person on the other end um, uh, of uh, of Alfred, you know? Yeah, I mean, Batman is basically just the, like, kind of in the shadows version of of Dick Tracy. You know, where Dick Tracy, he's he's a detective. He he walks the beat in daylight. He, He, like, people know who Dick Tracy is. Batman is is doing all the same things, but in the shadows. But in the shadows. In the night. Yeah, I will say, though. uh, In the cover of Vengeance. In that trailer. (laughs) uh, (laughs) I am Vengeance. Uh, In that trailer, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. it is uh, uh, the scene where he's walking up the hallway and just getting shot at, and he's just kind of like, you fucking idiot. And he just beats the (laughs) shot. I was like... Oh man, that was uh, very good. Yeah, it's also oh, it so good. So, uh, and from from uh, what Casey was saying the other day, and just from watching myself, uh, it seems the uh, the consensus is that we're looking at Penguin, Riddler, and Catwoman. Yes. So, from my understanding, it's. Uh, so this is this is the description we got from people who have already seen a rough cut of the movie, is oh. that the movie is a three-hour detective noir film where the Riddler gets caught right off the bat. Get it? Because nah. <laughs> uh, so the Riddler gets caught in the beginning of the movie, but is uh, has basically set up a bunch of things to go into play. So it's kind of very like. Hannibal Lecter-ish. So it's like the Batman constantly going to the Riddler and the Riddler being like, 
oh, you caught me, but I've already set up all these things, and they do involve the penguin. But Catwoman, I think, is going to play more of the, like, uh, yeah, I'm a thief, but also I got pulled into this thing that I don't want to be a part of, so I'm going to kind of help you type character. Very, a very Catwoman story. Yeah. Um, I th- I want to say that it's the long Halloween that the story reminds me of. Uh, not not that it's like that they're trying to pull directly from that, but there are aspects that that feel very similar uh, to that description. Yeah, I th- I think that's that's probably uh, apt, um, and I do believe that's something that somebody has described before of of what Ooh. it's going to look like. Well, then it's going to be really good. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's going to be really good. I I again um, uh, have oh, I always point people. So if you if you are unsure of Robert Pattinson. Uh, as the Batman, um, there is a movie that you need to watch. It is called, I got to find the name of it. I think it begins with an S. Um, bum, bum, bum. Oh, uh, Cosmopolis. If you are unsure of Robert Pattinson, you need to watch the movie Cosmopolis because it basically is, uh, Robert Pattinson as a rich dude who just decides to beat people up. Um, (laughs) it's great. It's a great movie. You should watch it. I um, do wish they'd given him a better haircut for this, but you know, whatever. I mean, you can't win yeah, them all. but I think, I think they are painting towards young, like, like just became Batman, Batman for my understanding, but I don't know. Cause that's the thing. He still looks so young, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, either it's way, because Robert he's Pattinson's, eternal. Cause he is, eternal. <laughs> he's sparkly the entire, that's why he's only out at night in the Batman. Cause he sparkles. If not. Um, <laughs> now that's a crossover. So, uh, <laughs> So this movie, the ghost team, right? So ghost team is, uh, uh, right off the bat, you know, we get a bunch of clips of, um, uh, John Heater and David Crumholtz, uh, who David Crumholtz has been in lots of things, but he's always like the quirky Jewish friend, uh, in every movie, in every other movie. So he was in, uh, the show, the deuce. Um, he was in the show numbers. That was like his, his like big, big one. He, he was on that show for like five or six years. Uh, he was in uh, the Santa Claus uh, with Tim Allen. Um, uh, what else? He was also in Ten Things I Hate About You. Great. Uh, yeah, he's he's absolutely. great in that movie. That's a fantastic movie, Taming of the Shrew. Um, uh, but he's been he's been in a bunch of things. He was uh, this is our Marvel crossover. He was in uh, the show Nora from Queens, yeah. uh, which is uh, Aquafina's show. Like the it's kind of like a sort of show about her life. Mm-hmm. Um, about Nora, you know, living in Queens and trying to make it. Um, cause Aquafina's real name is Nora, by the way. Yeah. Um, uh, but he's been in a bunch of other things, but I, I mostly know him from 10 things I hate about you. Um, and, uh, and, uh, number of the, a few episodes of numbers I've seen and the deuce. Um, so, but I like from, him. I think he's great. I think he was, he, he is great. He was great in this, uh, in this movie. Yes. Although I will say from the first moment I saw him on screen, I thought, this character should have been Jake Johnson. But the thing is, not only should this character have been Jake Johnson, but then the more I thought about it, as the movie progressed, Jake Johnson could have played any one of these roles. In fact, Jake Johnson could have played like every one of these roles. He could have totally like Dr. Doolittle did or whatever <laughs> uh, the Eddie Murphy one was. That would have been really funny. Where, where he plays all the, the parts. I don't even remember. Um, uh, like just Jake Johnson, every role. And... <laughs> The movie would have been amazing. <laughs> I agree. I do. With the, I Tell mean, me I'm wrong. <laughs> he very much does pull off a Jake. I mean, he very much has like a Jake Johnson look to him in this movie, mm-hmm. you know, with the beard, 
and, you know, kind of the way he's dressed and stuff like that and the way he acts because Jake Johnson can pull off that sort of like sleepy nihilistic kind of guy. Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. and, and he's got that. Now, the thing is that I love about his character is just the absolute depression that this dude has. And even in the end, when he finally gets his resolution to a degree, uh, it's still like, man, this guy's relatable. <laughs> like he's just fucking <laughs> bummed out. And he's kind of like, all right. <laughs> you know, like at one point he gets threatened to be murdered and he was like, okay, do the- it. <laughs> Stan Stan is convinced that aliens abducted his uh, fiance Pam however many years ago because he just you know how how else can you explain a woman not showing up for her wedding day clearly that is that is the only explanation he is so 100% dedicated to the idea of alien abduction that he he doesn't even stop to consider another possibility of any kind any kind <laughs> Right. Literally any other. Of anything, yeah. Now, much like the movie last week, this is another movie that there is not a love interest. They do no. kind of dangle the idea of one mm-hmm, um, between mm-hmm. uh, Lewis and Ellie, uh, played mm-hmm. by Melanie Diaz. Um, but it never really, we never get that sort of push. We never get the inclination that maybe that's a thing. Like this movie really ends with everybody being like, yeah platonic let's mm-hmm. do it you know like it's it's cool i actually like i i know we normally save this sort of stuff for the end of the movie but yeah, this no, movie whatever. this movie could be a good movie if i think two things happened okay. one they need somebody to go back through the script and rewrite it a little bit not plot points the plot of this movie is flawless the yep. idea of this movie, where what happens and where it goes, brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yep. I love it. The writing, it's a little weak. It, it yeah. needs a little, it needs a punch up, as they say in the industry, a punch up. Oh. It needs a little punch up. Oh, is that what up. they say? That is what they say, yeah. Okay. Uh, it needs a little bit of a punch up. Um, and I would recast almost everyone. Oh. Almost. I think... Oh. Uh, I would probably recast, uh, I mean, John Heater does a really good job in this role, but I feel like somebody else could have done better. He's okay. lacking a little bit of that of that charisma of somebody, of the underdog. He's lacking he, the underdog charisma. I, th- I think he plays the character well, but the character that he is playing seems like someone who would have a little bit more passion. Yes. And like, like he... He plays the energy of it well, but it doesn't have the spark of someone who actually believes. Yep. Uh, and so, like, I, I feel like we've seen we've seen a better version of this character in the past in, in other films, where it's someone who like genuinely makes you believe that they they're like they're a believer. Ah, stumbling over words today. They are a believer in the paranormal, and they believe that with enough time and equipment they can be the one that captures the evidence uh he's his character is so heavily influenced by this show ghost getters which is very much a nod to ghost hunters in fact uh ha, like haws and uh gonzalves i think are their names uh are actually in the movie i think that i think they are the ghost getters if yeah I they are the ghost getters yep uh troy and randy yep or yep uh, which I think is great. And yeah, you're right. Um, you know, we get in the very beginning of the movie, we get this huge montage um, 
it, of of them like watching ghost getters like over and over again. You know, we see we basically the idea is to show you, and this is a really cool. I mean, the whole opening like the, first 10, 15 minutes of this movie is great. That passage of time editing sequence I, where it's just like clip after clip after clip after clip of them basically living the same day over and over again uh you know not quite full uh groundhog day style but you know their lives are just that that boring and consistent and you know he goes to work he goes to the pub afterward goes home watch ghost uh ghost getters and just repeat 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 uh in different clothing and just these quick cut edits that you know show motion uh while also showing the the, the uh passage of time. Uh, I also thought it was hilarious when you realize that he's getting in his van at his copy shop on one end of a, a plaza, uh, backing out and driving like three spaces down to uh, the pub and parking there. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, you know, and that's the thing, like that whole opening sequence sets up Lewis as a character and, and mm-hmm. in a way, Stan played, you know, Dave Krumholtz, his best friend. They, they are roommates. They live together. And that sets up uh, that character a lot is you see that sort of like, oh my God, what am I doing with my life? Um, But on the screen, we see uh, the ghost getters that basically say like, hey, do you want to join our crew? Do you want to, you know, uh, you know, basically send us proof like you go off and be ghost getters, Uh, send us proof of the paranormal. And you could be, you know, you could end up being a part of our crew or, you know, they win money and, and something else as well. And uh, that's that's like our our spark for what the movie is going to be. But I agree with you mm-hmm, in that mm-hmm. we see him watching this show and and seeing like that clearly this is like the one you know this is the thing that he's into. But when it actually comes to the act of doing it, it doesn't feel like he's doing it because he's like, oh my god, this is what I want to do with my life. It kind of it kind of feels like a get rich quick scheme. In a way, like he's not really like into it because he he yeah. always wanted to prove the paranormal. He's kind of like, I don't know, maybe this is the thing that will get me out of my rut, and it doesn't it doesn't land the way it should. Yeah, yeah, I think that that's fair. I also just uh, reloaded the the Twitch page because uh, it had been super choppy earlier and it was annoying, so I just closed it. I opened it to see uh, Hell in the chat telling you all about how it was super choppy. It was super choppy. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I just restarted the stream, so now it's working and now it's much better, I guess. So. Right on. Yeah, yeah. It, is, it is much better. I can I can already tell. Great. Hooray! Uh, Hooray! Um, And so, you know, finally, uh, you know, we we see uh, in part of the montage, we see that Lewis owns a uh, copy and print shop um, in a, you know, somewhat small town. Um, And uh, uh, we see that he just gets lost dog, you know, things over and over and over again. You know, we get a scene where he's eventually just so, like, worn out and run down you know, and, and burnt out that he just places his face on the copy thing and runs the copier. Which um, I expected two things to come from this scene. I expected there to be like a whole plot line about missing animals, uh, which there <laughs> wasn't. It was it was right there for us. And, and I'm kind of glad they didn't do that because it was so obvious, but it, it felt like they were going to. And then when he like flops his head on the copier and they keep showing like, page after page after page of just a photocopy of his face. I was like, they're going to show something in the background. There's going to be, be a like, ghost. That's what <laughs> I thought no, too. Neither I was one. waiting for it. <laughs> I was like, like, here we go. This is their, their tip over to the paranormal. This is it. 
I don't know if I am impressed that they played with our assumptions so masterfully or if I'm annoyed that they didn't like follow through uh, like these very obvious opportunities. I, so I wonder, though, <laughs> I, I feel like that was probably I mean, based on how the rest of this movie is, I uh, I feel like that was accidental. Like, I feel like they don't I don't think they realized that that's what the audience would think. Or maybe that's oh, just us. I I don't I think that they they made the movie and then went back and was like, oh shit! I wonder if this is like an accidental misdirection, <laughs> you know? Um, maybe that's my thoughts. I don't know. Uh, so so this is the the spark of uh, the movie. Now, mind you, also during all this time, we keep getting commercials um, for uh, Victoria, who is played by the brilliant Amy Sedaris uh, and heavily underused. Amy Sedaris in this movie. Uh, I, feel like I don't she's know. Often if, underused. Yeah, I feel like people true. don't really quite grasp just how brilliant she is. It's true. It's true. She's great. Her whole family. Um, so uh, yeah. So we we also get a bunch of commercials of Victoria, uh, who uh, kind of has like a Miss Cleo. Uh, call me. I'm your psychic medium. You know, mm-hmm. pay me X number of dollars, and that's what I am. Uh, type person, and and so we kind of get the inkling. You know, like basically at this point. Lewis is like, oh my God. Uh, oh, what happens is, what triggers all this moment is a man comes into the copy and print shop and was like, hey, can you print out a bunch of these no trespassing signs? And you mm-hmm, know, he's like, mm-hmm. sure, whatever. And as he's going through them, the man is just talking, 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 you know, and, and we see Lewis like completely spacing out until he's like, I don't know, I think the place is haunted anyways. Uh, this bar, he owns a barn, you know, about, about an hour down off this like back road. And he was mm-hmm. like, I don't know, I think the place is haunted anyways. And immediately Lewis perks up and he's like, haunted? You think it's haunted? <laughs> he's like, yeah, I keep hearing all these spooky sounds and, you know, people are seeing lights and stuff like that. And he's like, oh, and so, hence sparks the inspiration that he is going to get his crew together. Well, he's going to get uh, Stan, and they are going to go, and they're going to attempt to find proof of the paranormal. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, off they go to make their list of all the equipment that the Ghost Getters guys use, and they realize that they have literally none of this and no money. Uh, so, this is where they start to basically assemble their crew. So, before we get into the majority of that, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. Okay. Um, you know... But before we take a break, uh, you know, a couple of housekeeping, uh, cleaning, keeping things, housekeeping things. Yeah, we're not uh, we're not cleaning here. We're not cleaning here. We're not, <laughs> we're not editing. We're not cleaning. Um, the bathroom is to the back right. Uh, you have to hold the handle down a little long uh, to make oh, it flush. Okay. Uh, that's actually true of my bathroom. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, and it is also on the back right. Um, uh, so first things first, if you guys have not subscribed, uh, please do so. Don't forget to subscribe on whatever platform choice. I say subscribe. I don't think any podcast platforms use the term subscribe anymore. I think it's all follow for all of them. I know mm. Apple recently changed it over to subscribe uh, to follow. Uh, so whatever it is that your po- uh, podcast player of choice says to do, make sure to do that. That would be really cool. Uh, and then, of course, leave a rating and review uh, if you are digging or not digging uh, what we're, if you are not picking up what we are putting down uh, or you are picking it up uh, and then everything like, I don't know, what should I do with it now? Um, <laughs> what, you you I, leave a you rating and review. This. That's what you do. Please. Uh, so go ahead and do that uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts you can do it there for anyone else on other platforms um, you can do it either on Podchaser or Good Pods both are two very good options um, Good Pods is a really great place actually to uh, find out what your friends are listening to 
Mm. on on podcast players. It's really great and it spans across all the players. Um, highly recommend Good Pods. Um, but yeah, so so definitely do that. Of course, if you want to know more about what we've got going on, um, you know, we have a Discord channel linked down below. We have a mailing list, the whole spiel. But Caleb, let's say we were to do another entire month of customer of customer reviews. Sure, that's a thing in <laughs> podcasting. Let's say we were to do an entire. I'll, don't worry, I'll edit that first edit in two hundred uh, two hundred episodes. Uh, <laughs> let's say we were to do an entire month of uh, listener requests. I mean, how would we even do that? Well, I mean, of course, people could hit us up on uh, on social media at the Nahoy Podcast because uh, you know we're we're on there and we uh, you know we've had people reach out to there before. Um, but you know, I think the best way, personal opinion, you know, you do you, but personal opinion, uh, best way would be to head on over to thenahoyt.com. That's t h e n h o i t dot com, uh, where of course you can see our current uh, schedule of episodes for the month and uh, links to trailers as well as uh, where you can find the movie streaming if available. And uh, just below that is a an elegant little contact form. Just a few fields, you know, name, email, address, and tell us what you want to tell us. And you know, it could be a you know a hey, hi, hi, how are you? Uh, it could be a you guys smell bad, and I can tell even just from the from the audio. Uh, or it could be hey, I found this movie, I love it. I think uh, I think you'll love it, and you know, people need to hear about this. Any one of those, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Heck yeah, we do. Uh, so those are all great ways. And, you know, uh, I'm only going to do this one really short. Uh, don't forget, we're making a movie too. That's we're, true. We're making true. a movie. There's a link down below where you can learn more about the movie and donate to our campaign. Highly recommend that one uh, because, you know, we we decided after four years of, of shitting on other people's movies... It was time to put your money where our mouth is. Uh, so uh, that being said, we're going to jump to a break and we will be right back. Hello, I'm Casey Ryan. And I'm Colin Ryan. And we're here to tell you about the new podcast coming to the Night Shift Radio Network. It's something two white cishet dudes have never covered. Star Trek. But here's the twist. The omnipotent god is actually a malfunctioning robot? No, well, maybe. But the real twist is we roped our mom into it. That's me. Hi, Hi mom. mom. In the monthly podcast, we will cover all the Trek movies from the motion picture to beyond. Our lifelong love of Trek comes from being introduced to it by our mom at a very young age. But that's a story for the podcast. Look at you, Mom. You're a natural. That's why I'm the Admiral. So join us September 8th for our monthly podcast, Where No Mom Has Gone Before. Available on the Night Shift Radio Network, wherever in subspace you catch your podcasts. Now, which one is the one with the whales? Four. If you're like me, you used to sit in your driveway for as long as it took to hear the end of whatever dramatic tale was playing out on public radio that night. The Storyteller series is a loving homage to that classic radio theater. Lose yourself in original short stories, performed by a full cast or delivered by a narrator, and designed to take you on an audible journey. The Storyteller series is a Night Shift Radio original and is available wherever you listen to podcasts. Can't get enough? Or maybe you prefer the written word? Be sure to check out our monthly print edition as well at nightshiftradio.com storyteller. Okay, we're back. Caleb, I lied to you. Oh, I'm actually really mad at this movie. I'm disappointed in, in you for lying to me, but uh, go on. Your disappointment is what hurts me the most. Um, 
And and this actually has nothing to do with the movie itself. Um, did you watch this movie with subtitles on? Yes. Did that also make you mad? They were awful. <laughs> they were terrible. They, they were, were heavily edited. Heavily censored. Um, yeah. yeah. Heavily censored, heavily edited, and in a lot of cases, just wrong on the the weirdest things. That, like you can, like if you can hear, you can clearly hear were not uh, not captioned correctly, like totally different words. Uh, and that's not even like the not even the censoring. Like they leave out all of the swearing and like sexual references and stuff like that. Uh, not even necessarily sexual references, but even just like biological references. Uh, they they censor that all out. But yeah, they're just poorly captioned. And there was a yeah. few scenes where there was one scene in particular. Um, it's it's later in the movie where uh, Lewis and Ellie um, are they're like kind of whispering and they're by each other. And there's like three sentences that they say back and forth to each other mm -hmm. that were not captioned. Mm -hmm. And it was it was kind of ridiculous. Now listen, you know Caleb and I we both uh, have captions on for the same reasons. Uh, we played in rock and roll bands for a very long time. Uh, yes, and oops and uh so now we don't hear very well so we have captions on because we're always like what the fuck did that person just say um yes and it was very frustrating in in some movies it's you know i can't tell um but but it was very frustrating to watch this movie and be like that is a hundred percent not what they said and contextually not what they said because there is a running gag um that one of the characters says um uh he keeps saying calm check and the mm -hmm. other one keeps saying, why do you keep saying come check? And it's a joke. It's a running joke. Yeah. But the captions keep saying come check. So it doesn't make sense. It just seems like an annoyance and less of showing the immaturity of this one specific character. Oh, you're it talking about uh, discount uh, Seth Green? Discount. 100%. Which, Zach. That is... Uh, that Paul is Downs. actually that is praise of Paul Downs and not uh, not a diss of him because if you actually look at Paul Downs, he looks nothing like Seth Green. But in this movie, he sometimes somehow looks like uh, a producer really wanted Seth Green, but they couldn't afford him, and they just pointed to someone on the street like spike your hair and put on the biggest pants you can find. You're He's, Seth Green now. He is literally <laughs> Kenny from Can't Hardly Wait. Like that that that's Seth Green. He is, he is playing that character, and I 100% yes. agree with you. They wanted Seth Green for that role. I guarantee they did. And he was like, no, I'm not no. going to be in a movie with the Napoleon Dynamite kid. And then he eventually probably was in a movie with the Napoleon probably, Dynamite kid. Probably, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, but I mean, you know, Paul Downs uh, has been in a few things. He is an actor and producer known for Hacks, Rough Night, and Broad City. I mm. recognize him from Broad City. Um, I haven't seen any of the other uh, things that he is known for, um, but I, I liked Broad City. Listen. I will. He's in a movie called Time Traveling Bong. Fuck my life. <laughs> What the fuck? How do we? How do you... oh, fucking... Well, fine. <laughs> fine. You know what? Fine, guys. Just fine. I'll put it on the list. All right. Uh, but yeah, so Paul Downs, uh, is, is, uh, this, this was another weird thing. So, uh, Paul Downs, so his character, Zach mm -hmm. is Lewis's nephew. 
which I thought was such a weird, weird relationship because like John Heater looks young in this, like everybody except for Stan looks like Stan looks at least 12 years older than, than Lewis. Like yeah. a minimum of 12 years older than Lewis. I don't, I don't even know what their actual age difference is. Uh, yeah. It's it's actually, no, John Heater is older than than David Krumholtz by a year, <laughs> but Stan looks at least 12 years older than him. Uh, and they're all older than us, by the way, those two, uh, by a oh, couple of years. Yeah. Um, that makes me feel a little better. Yeah, John Heater is uh, seventy seven, so he's he's four years older than us. <laughs> For a second, I thought you were trying to tell oh, me that he was seventy seven years old. Like, Fuck like, you! Zane. Fuck you! No, maybe I'll be no. a Mormon if that's what I look like. <laughs> it's not. You just believe in aliens and like you know oppressing women. Um, so uh, that's the Mormon religion. If anyone does not believe me, look it up. That is literally the Mormon religion: is aliens and oppressing women, and you cannot prove me wrong. <laughs> It was factual. Um, so <laughs> every Mormon subscriber was just like, fuck you. I mean, you're right, but fuck you. Uh, <laughs> Woman, give me a, a, a letter. I got to write an angry letter. Unprincipled. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, yeah. So it, it's a weird relationship because like, I don't know. It's just, it's just fucking weird. But anyways, uh, so... So as uh, Lewis and Stan are trying to figure out, like, how are we going to get all this equipment? He's like, oh, my God, like, I have a nephew. He He's a super genius. He he went to school, graduated two years early with an engineering degree, but he works over at, a, like, a Best Buy, like a, you know. A, a, no, no, no. You show respect. Micro Center is real. Micro Center is real? Micro Center is real, and they're, they're still they're around. They're not on the East Coast. I don't know. We, or at least we have one here. Oh, do you yeah, really? Yeah, I don't know where the like where they originate. I would guess probably California, mm. uh, like all electronic stores did. Um, I think I, California might have been the first place that I, I saw one. But yeah, we've we've got one here. I used to go there all the time for my uh, non Apple specific electronics needs. That's all right, dope. Yeah, so yeah. he works at a micro center, <laughs> and they're like, I know, like let's go talk to him. Like he knows electron. He's he's our electronic. You know, he's our hacker guy. Let's go get him. So they go to Micro Center and, you know, he's this squirrely little twat of a dude. Um, Mm -hmm. And basically they work out a deal that he is going to borrow, I use Mm. uh, air quotes for detached irony, uh, Mm -hmm. that he is going to borrow the equipment from Micro Center, but they just have to return it later because they can't afford to buy it. And he's like, okay, cool. So we get, you know, they get him in on the deal. Uh, Now, mind you, we kind of mentioned this before, but Ellie uh, works at the nail salon directly next door to Lewis's coffee shop. And they leave work at the same time. You know, he says hi to her and that's about it. You know, I mean, they have very in passing uh, conversations throughout this entire thing. Um, We're going to get to that in a second. So now we've collected Lewis, uh, or I'm sorry, Zach, and um, Zach, you know, Zach's in, and they're like, okay, cool. And as they are pilfering the micro center very, very late at night, the security, the mall security guard uh, comes in, who is played by Justin Long, and -hmm. Justin's Long character is Ross. And Ross is very much a mall cop. Like, he thinks he has way more authority than he should, than he does. And honestly, I feel like when they told Justin Long his character's name was Ross, he just did nothing but watch Friends to study because (laughs) this is very much a a young, uh, why am I drawing a blank on that dude's name? 
Paul uh, Schwimmer. Jason Schwimmer. Schwimmer. Paul Schwimmer. Jason Schwimmer. David. David Schwimmer. David. It's Who the fuck cares? <laughs> he, he, it doesn't matter. As a young swimmer, like this whole yeah. the, the whole character is very much that. Uh, and I just I I I can't. You're not going to convince me it wasn't intentional. I, it probably was. Uh, although I will have to say, as much as I uh, I'm sorry, Casey Casey from the Superpod Hero Cast is a huge Friends fan. Huge Friends fan. Mm. I fucking hate Friends. But <laughs> and David Schwimmer in particular. But David Schwimmer was actually in a really good movie called Breast Men, um, and it was about uh, it was about the two doctors that created breast implants. And it's actually a really really good movie. It is a it is a very good movie. Um, but it's uh, David Schwimmer, Chris Cooper, um, uh, uh, good movie, good movie. Check that out uh, if you ever get a chance. It came out uh, right at the height of um, uh, of David Schwimmer. This is ninety seven, so this is right oh, wow. at the height of uh, of his career. Um, but good movie. Check it out. Anyways. Um, yeah, so so Ross uh, is added to the group. Now, basically what they do is they say to Ross, like, hey, you know, like using a little bit of Jedi mind trickery, uh, they're like, oh, well, we're going to do this thing. Like, are, do you, are you familiar with the paranormal? And he's like, oh, yeah, like Ghost Getters. I fucking love that show. And he's like, great. And they're like, we need someone like you with your tactical security watching monitor knowledge. And he's like, okay, I'm in. Uh, and so he's in, but we see already that kind of Zach and Ross have that sort of like, I don't know, that like best friends who hate each other. Thing. It's, the, it's that trope. I can't think of it. It's the immature ne- uh, teenager needling the uh, mall security guard dynamic. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's that. Yeah. Do the whole movie, except they're both in like clearly their mid to late twenties. Yeah. Everybody looks 19 in this movie, except for <laughs> like Amy Sedaris and Ellie. Like Ellie looks the age that everyone should be, like in her mid twenties, mm-hmm. and everyone else looks like they just graduated high school. <laughs> <laughs> Acts like it too. Get off my lawn. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know it's whatever. So, uh, so they've they've mostly gathered their group, but as they they're kind of getting all the things, they realize like, oh shit, you know, they're watching the show again for like research, and they're like, oh, and in the show there is there is a, a woman that's with the crew, the Ghost Getters crew. Who was like, oh yeah, I'm I'm getting a very strong psychic medium, you know, thing. And they're like, we need a medium. And they're like, let's get Victoria. So they go and they find <laughs> Victoria, um, who we learn right off the bat, through uh, no surprise, is a total hack. Uh, yeah, she is. She, you know, as it's, as you know, I assume most phone psychic mediums were. Um, it's pretty brilliant, though. It is. <laughs> yeah. So they like the show hike. up. And <laughs> Victoria, just, we need you for wait. You probably already know. And she's like, yes. <laughs> and they're like, so you're in? Yes. <laughs> but I see I see money changing hands, currency exchange. And they're like, oh, that must mean that we're going to like, we're going to be able to, to sell the rights to this or whatever. Like, yeah, you're so amazing. Uh, all right, I'll write down the details for, oh, wait, you already know that. She's like, yes, but write it down anyway. <laughs> <laughs> which it there there's two things about this one it's fucking hilarious yes absolutely hilarious Vic, amy sedaris is hilarious and i mean as she is in all things go watch strangers with candy it was brilliant um but the other problem is is that uh, lewis comes off as lewis the character of lewis is supposed to appear naive mm-hmm. but he comes off as stupid in this scene yeah. 
and it's it's he's naive the rest of the movie, but just stupid in this part. And it mm-hmm. frustrated me because I feel like they could have written it better to make it seem like he was being naive and not stupid. And that was really frustrating because like it's very obvious for Stan to fall for this because Stan has given up on life. Like he is mm-hmm. literally basically suicidal without the motivation at this point um, over the, the of being upset about his wife leaving him. And he he believes that it's because aliens abducted her. And there is even as a little bit of moment of Lewis being like, yeah, she totally was abducted by aliens. But like you mm-hmm. kind of get the feeling that he knows the truth, but also not. So, I, again, I think this is where a writer would, like, a better writer would have come in and punched this up and been like, hey, let's adjust, like, the scene is perfect. It just needs to be adjusted a little bit to make it feel more her capitalizing on their naivety and not their stupidity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a very fine line, but I, I see what you mean. Um You know what else that I fully expected out of this movie that they they didn't do, and I'm kind of glad they didn't? Was I expected there to be the like the big like blow up moment where you know uh, Lewis is like, "You're so stupid. She didn't get abducted. She left you because you're a loser." Oh, buddy, I didn't mean that. I'm so. And then like you know the the friendship is over, sort of thing. They didn't do that, and I'm glad because again, that's just kind of thing that's not not that realistic, and it's just somehow still like a major trope that is always done. Yeah. Everything okay there? Um, yeah, it sounded like someone knocked on my door, but I, hmm. there's no reason for anyone to knock on my door. The ghost. Um, uh, no, someone is knocking on my door. Carry on. Talk about this oh. uh, this scene real quick. I'll be right back. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, so they uh, they they gather the the crew and um, what is what is her name? Ellie. Ellie uh, comes in uh, the, one of the, the final days before the, the mission, which is supposed to be on Saturday, and she needs copies made for the, the nail salon. And you know, they get to talking. It turns out she's also very into uh, the paranormal, and uh, she decides that uh, she wants to come along too. He invites her, and she says yes. Uh, this we get the the little hint at uh, yeah the knock is coming from inside the house. <laughs> oh please, I don't want to. I don't want to witness. All right, my friend. Okay, good. You're alive. Hooray. I'm alive. Yeah, the knock uh, is coming from inside the house. What did I miss? Uh, I was just talking about how uh, the the final member of the team was Ellie coming over for her copies, and we get the, the insinuation that there might be a budding romance, uh, but that you already had, had mentioned uh, earlier they don't ever really lean into, which is kind of cool. There's a few times where, like, Oh, uh, Josh fully tries to do the Fred, get uh, him and Daphne in a room uh, alone together. Uh, and she's just like, ah, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with Vanessa and like wants to talk more about uh, the psychic stuff. Uh, and it just never happens. And I, I, I kind of like that. It's again, like, it's more realistic that way than it just wouldn't, it is. wouldn't line up perfectly. The, just the, the, the night is theirs. Uh, yeah, you know, so there's a couple of things because we're we're running way longer than we normally do on our episodes. So there's a couple of things that I expected to happen that did not happen. One, I expected a moment where um, Victoria uh, has the full on, oh my God, I am actually a medium. Sometimes yep. I can turn it on. That never happens. Nope. I actually What's, liked that. Yep, same. Two, there is no ghost whatsoever. No. 
not even a hint of ghosts whatsoever. As we as we learn, it turns out they go to this place, they feel like they're having all these paranormal moments, but what's actually happening is there is a meth lab in the basement of this place. The guy who created, who uh, owns it and was uh, made the trespassing flyers made them because he didn't want people, he didn't want kids you know, running into his meth lab and, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like blowing him into the cops. Which is fair. Totally fair. I, I also wouldn't want nosy kids uh, stumbling across my meth lab and ruining everything. I, I, mean, I, the, I definitely don't have a meth lab that's it's just completely hypothetical. For legal reasons, that is entirely a joke. Um, stay off my property. <laughs> stay off my property. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. And uh, if I had a meth lab, I would not be living in this apartment. Let me tell you right now. <laughs> I would, would I would buy myself a house like Walter White. Um, uh, <laughs> or a car wash. Anyway, the, so... Uh, the super of my first apartment in this city, I'm pretty sure, was running a meth lab out of his apartment. Yeah? That was pretty scary. That is kind of scary. Yeah. Don't do meth, kids. Of all the drugs... <laughs> Uh, Don't do that we, one. We will encourage you to do. That is not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> right. So he <laughs> was talking to my lab. I mean, front door. Um, they they didn't do the the best friends breakup you know moment as you mentioned. They they yep. didn't do that, um, uh, which is kind of cool. There was kind of the oh you came back to rescue us moment, but it it, it wasn't really like a contentious moment. It was kind of like a. Like, what are you doing back here? This is a meth lab. These people have guns. And like, why are you doing this? Yeah. Um, uh, moment. Um, they're, they're really, they really didn't fall in with too many of those sort of like plot tropes. Mm-hmm. Um, and the movie does end, uh, it ends somewhat anticlimactic in terms of the feeling of Ghost Team. Mm-hmm. Um, like obviously we get the impression that at the end of the movie, you know, they bust this drug lab, you know, the cops come in the whole spiel. Um, and you get, you know, they get the feeling like Lewis is all sad because it's like, we didn't find ghosts. And he's like, yeah, but like we still formed a team and that's what this is all about for, you know, through the power of friendship. I think the, they say it, they Caleb. make him feel better, but <laughs> maybe, maybe the real ghost team was the friends we made along the way. That was it. There it is. Uh, that's uh, it, yeah. They they make him feel better. They're like, you know what? Like, we got we still have to the end of the month to submit to ghost getters, and you know, I, I'm pretty sure the mall's haunted. Which, uh, I mean, that's probably true. Let's Likely be real. True. Yeah. Uh, and so they they're like, we we should, you know, we should keep doing this, and that it cheers him up, which is nice. Again, the power of friendship. Um, but yeah, I I do like that. Otherwise, they they really did steer clear of all of the obvious tropes, which makes me really think that uh, the misdirections in the beginning were intentional, uh, because they just they don't do anything. They, they they did nothing that I expected in this movie, and I loved that. Now, I won't go so far as to say that I loved the movie, but you know. Do I think it's worth a watch? Sure. It's short. It's quirky. It's fun. Uh, if, if you can stand to do without the the, the captions, turn them off. It, it won't improve yes. your experience. Ugh. Michael is 100% correct on that. Uh, and, you know, don't go in thinking that this is like a masterpiece of disruptive modern cinema. <laughs> but it also does have that very like small cast, small scale, like very like closed and intimate feel, which you know that I like. Uh, you know, very kind of low budget without being like obviously low budget feel, which I don't know what the budget of this, but like that's that's the vibe that I get. We'll say, um, 
Yeah, I I think it's I think it's a quirky watch. I I wasn't nearly as mad about it as you were. Yeah, you know, but I'm not I'm not upset with this movie. I did. I mean, I I did enjoy watching this movie. It, you know, I think uh, I think you said in terms of this movie, but like it's a cute movie. Mm-hmm. Like it is. It's it made me feel good. Um, uh, you know, it didn't do well. Like its opening weekend was forty five hundred dollars, and it grossed only sixty seven hundred. Yeah, I don't uh, remember this movie releasing at all. Like July of twenty sixteen, I don't think anyone was really thinking about this movie. Yeah, I mean, I remember this movie existing, but I do not remember. Um, I don't remember it being in theaters. I don't remember like thinking about it in terms of like, oh, that's a movie that I should see or I want to see or anything like that. I just remember it existing and just being like, yeah, Ghost Team. Um, I, w- I but, wonder if it was at all uh, related to the uh, 2013 release, uh, Ghost Team 1. Uh, Two roommates, deathly afraid of ghosts, both fall in love with a girl who believes their home is haunted. I actually like the plot of that too. Um yeah. Yeah, so uh, you know, as we said, should you watch this movie? Uh, I I think we both agree, and just like Caleb said, if you can do without captions, like if you if you are uh, have the ability to do without captions, um, do so, uh, yeah. because it, it it you know it was not great, which um, is kind of funny because it takes up the point. Uh, there's you know, Squid Games is is huge right now on Netflix. Everybody's yeah. talking about the yeah, show Squid yeah, yeah. Games. And there is a lot of points in contention is that the captions um, get a lot of contextual things wrong Mm -hmm. about the show. And it's not like they they aren't translated wrong. You know, they're translated almost literal. But there's a few instances specifically with one of the characters where she describes herself and the captions describe herself as she basically says like, hey, I'm stupid, but like I'll get the job done. But what she's actually saying is. I'm actually really smart. I just never got the opportunity to study so I can get the job done. So it's like kind of it's kind of the equivalent of saying like not street smarts, but like, hey man, like I'm I'm like goodwill hunting over here, but I just never went to a college. Like I do know what I'm doing and I do have confidence in my ability. And the mm-hmm. context of that changes the character completely. Um yeah. there's a lot of really cool articles that have come out about it talking about uh how the translation uh really changes. Uh, kind of the feel of the show. There's a lot of things missed uh, contextually or culturally uh, in in like Korean culture that is not translated well. Um, so if you if you were a fan of Squid Games, uh, you should check out those articles. Just Google Squid Games translation trouble or whatever, and I'm sure you'll find uh, all that stuff. Very very interesting stuff. Yes. Yeah, it's Squid Games. <laughs> uh, I I think the the real takeaway from that is uh, pay your translators better. Definitely. And find ones that are uh, uh, culturally familiar with the the area you are translating from so they That's can true. get contextual clues like that. Literal translation in language almost never works in the, the long run. Like You can get it for little snippets to be like somewhat intelligible, but like you can't do that for a fucking movie. You really can. Yeah. Like try, try translating English idioms to every and any other language. Oh, Jesus Christ. Like, uh, why are you just watching a pot? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, cool. So um, that being said, hello and thank you for almost 200 episodes. Oh, my God. It's we're, we're almost there. This is it. So we just finished episode 199. So we are the next time you hear from us, we'll be talking about 
the 200th episode, and then it'll be the 200th episode. Uh, <laughs> so thank you a lot for listening, everyone. We will see you next time. father's tragic past, hidden in the adventures of a cartoon mouse. A cautionary tale on the dangers of temporal tourism. A woman searching for answers after the death of an old friend. This is the Storyteller series, a Night Shift Radio original. Every month we bring a new short story to life in a full cast audio drama. We publish a second exclusive story to our online print edition, and we give you a glimpse behind the pages with our author interview series. Subscribe to the Storyteller series wherever you listen to podcasts and visit nightshiftradio.com for more information. Mm-hmm.